You know I'm right. The podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports, media, and entertainment. Nick Durst here along with Joe Calabrese. And Joe, we have a big guest for us today and very excited to have her on. And it's going to get real with her. It is going to get real. <laughs> as, uh, as Big Brother super fans, we always enjoy having former Big Brother contestants on with us. Uh, she was on the most recent season, Big Brother 24, uh, and she's a certified clinical hypnotist. So I we can't wait to pick her brain of, about that stuff and uh, very excited to have her on. Brittany Hoops. Brittany, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing so great. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. We are. We're doing all right. Busy as can be. Um, yeah. How are you doing? How since the show? You know, it's gosh, it's coming up on well, it's today a month. Today's the twenty fifth, or or getting close by a month. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 been nuts just getting back into normal life, and you know, just trying to get in the swing of things. Things feel a lot more chill than they were in the house, so I'm appreciating that. Um, it was a stressful summer for sure, but, um, it it feels good to be back in normal life. Yeah. (laughs) So my first question is, and apparently this is now a, uh, is going to be an ongoing question because I'm into astrology and stuff. And, uh, with the solar eclipse here with the new moon, what is your Zodiac sign? I'm a Sagittarius. Now I'll tell you, Joe, I'm, I'm not, I don't know very much about that. I haven't explored that too much. All I know is I read the Sagittarius thing and I'm like, that doesn't sound like me, but I think there's like some other moons and other things that well, influence jo- Joe's going to yeah. break it down for you. Joe's very into <laughs> Please that. Please do. Yeah. Please so do. <laughs> um, don't read like some of the basic things that you find online or in like the yeah. newspaper, like horoscope stuff. Uh, don't read any of that stuff. It's it's all very commercialized, mainstream. Okay. It's dumbed down. It's it's inaccurate, right? Yeah. Uh, but the main the main things that you need to understand about Sagittarius signs is it's uh, mutable fire, right? So the characteristics of fire sign you are okay uh, mutable. So um, beginning part of the season, middle part, end part, right? There's cardinal signs, there's fixed signs, and there's mutable signs, right? So the mutable signs oh. represent uh, the end of seasons, the changing of seasons, right? So uh, Sagittarius are naturally very adaptable. Uh, probably of all the signs of all the 12 in the Western uh, astrology, because there's Eastern and Western, uh, you're, you're most uh, adaptable and you can go with the flow the easiest. Um, Sagittarius is, they love learning. They love higher knowledge and stuff. That checks which out. makes sense, right? So, which is why you uh, decided to be a hypnotist, right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so it's, yeah, so it, it, it's interesting stuff. And like I said, a lot of the stuff that you read out there, it, it's very dumbed down. And a lot of it, uh, they throw in some lies here and there, believe it or not, like anything else, right? So uh, yeah, if you have any yeah. other further questions, you can come to me. I love, well, uh, now I got a source. I got the source of truth here. So I appreciate that. The adaptable thing, that's interesting. Cause I will say that was one of my biggest things that I went into the big brother house being like, you just have to be adaptable in this game. And uh, I, I think Tiffany from last season, she, they did some reel on uh, right before I knew I was going to go in the house. And it was like advice you'd give to this, the cast of BB 24. And I, you know, I was very close to getting on. I was thinking, Oh my God, that could be me. That could be me. And one of the things that she said was remain adaptable. And that really stuck with me. So I'm glad that's, that was in my sign. I tried to do that as much as I could. <laughs> Sagittarius season is coming. So, so uh, you'll oh, be thriving real okay. soon. 
Got to get nice. the Scorpio season first. So our, uh, our first question here, Britt, is uh, yeah. where did you grow up? Oh my gosh, that's a hard to answer. You know, my um, dad, he worked for a cell phone company during the the invention of cell mm. phones. So every time there was some, you know, new invention, we would move around. I lived in Texas a good amount, but I lived in seven different places before I got to pick where, where I wanted to live. So kind of all around the country, really. And your time at NYU studying psychology and theater. So with the moving around, uh, how were you able to get the time to get your grades up, to get into NYU? Where else did you apply to? Were you happy to get into NYU? And was that something that was basically on your mind the whole time? Oh, absolutely. Gosh, I remember in fifth grade looking up NYU on the website and seeing that they had a dorm named Brittany. That was the name of one of the dorms that you could live in. And I thought, I want to go there because I'll live in Brittany. I didn't end up living in the Brittany dorm. Uh, a little weird. But um, no, I wanted to go to NYU ever since I was real little. Wanted to be an actress ever since I was real little. Um, and that's I majored in theater, um, also minored in psychology. And um yeah, that was just kind of a dream. I, I applied to a bunch of different schools, but I really liked NYU's theater program in particular because it wasn't, you had some days that were like just theater training, but then you also could pursue, you know, other interests like psychology, things like that. And I guess that should have been my first sign. The fact that I still had other interests that, you know, I wasn't willing to go just like all in on acting. That should have been a sign that that wouldn't have be what my, what my future career path really would become. Um, but I enjoyed that. I wanted something a little bit more well-rounded and, and NYU is that. So um yeah, I applied to a bunch of different other schools. I can't even really remember. I think I, I got really close to going to BU, Boston University. They have a, a, a good theater program as well. And I was waitlisted. That was actually my number one choice of school. And they only take 16 each year, though. Wow. So I was waitlisted. So I was like, oh, OK, that's close, but not. And then I got into NYU and then I got off the wait list at BU. So I guess somebody, one of those 16 people, <laughs> kind of funny, that's very similar to Big Brother, 16 people, but one of those 16 people didn't make it. And so then they pushed me up into the list. And, you know, I was being a little honorary. I was like, well, no, NYU already said yes. Like, I'm going to go here. Like, screw you, you know. So yeah. I didn't end up going to BU, but it, it was a good choice at the end of the day. I, I love my time at NYU. So tell us some of your favorite places to grab food around Washington Square Park? Oh, um, gosh. Now, this could be so outdated. Who knows with COVID and everything, all the closures. Right. It's like, you know, who knows if these places still exist. But I love uh, grabbing falafel. I think it was called Mamoons. Yep. Mamoons. Have you yep. ever? Right. Oh, so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I also, same, this is kind of kitschy. Block. The same block as Mamoon's is artichoke pizza. Yes, artichoke pizza. Oh, that's so good too. Oh, you got to be hungry if you want one of those slices. Right. That is for sure. That is heavy. <laughs> no. Oh, that's so good. So, uh, Nick, you 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 know the area well. Did did you go to NYU or were you just? I went did you to NYU around? for grad school and I worked in the digital media center and Bope's Library. But my favorite food place oh. by far. 99 cent slices that's the way to go <laughs> so good and you know there's multiple of those like yeah. you go on like saint mark's place right you have your choice <laughs> of 99 cent places that's great oh man i miss it this is making me miss it i want to go back <laughs> good, good good food good food spots for sure but 
it is very different now. I was down there recently and uh really pretty pretty wild. I mean, some of the food places are still the same. A lot of as you mentioned, a lot of closures. Uh, yeah. let's just say it's it's not very clean down there. <laughs> clean down really? There. Oh my gosh. You know, sometimes I'll go and I'll I'll go down the rabbit hole of going on like Google Maps or Google Earth. And I'm like, I'm like going down because I lived on 10th and university. That was where I lived most of my time. I was in New York for seven years and I spent most of my time 10th and university. And uh I'll just I'll 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 travel around digitally and notice everything that's so different. And it's kind of sad, but things change things change <laughs> everything changes right just like with the brother house it changes every season you know so. oh my gosh tell me about it tell me about it <laughs> so we will get to the big brother momentarily but first we have to talk about some of your jobs i mean you've worked for some cool places mattel it's an awesome company i don't know how your yeah. experience was trifecta research and instagram so tell us yes. about your time with all of those different employers yeah. So, you know, okay. So I studied theater in school, was going to pursue acting, right? Realized very quickly that loving to act in theater slash being an actor as a profession, two very different things. I did like one off-Broadway show, but like within a couple years of graduating school, I was like, this is not really what I want to do professionally, right? So I worked at a talent agency. I had so many different jobs leading up to all these different things, but how I got into market research, which is all those, uh, you know, companies that you just mentioned was actually very strange. Somebody catfished me. Ooh. That's how I got into market <laughs> research. I'm not even kidding you. Uh -huh. I was looking for freelance work on like, you know, one of those sites like Upwork, something right. like that. Right. And I had been doing some casting before then. And so I you know, was looking at, uh, there was this uh, a listing that was looking for somebody in a market research company to do recruiting for a very difficult to find, you know, uh, participant, like, a, I think it was a, a lineman, somebody works on the telephone lines, you know, or the electro, uh, le electrical lines, and they wanted somebody to recruit for them. So I was like, that's kind of like casting, I have to find, you know, different kind of characters all the time, I'll apply to this. And it was the highest paying job, like on the search that I was doing too. So I was like, yeah, the money's pretty good. I look and there's somebody, I don't even remember what she said her name was, but I click in and I don't know what caused me to click into her profile because she had applied for this job, but it's my resume. Like it's wow. copied and pasted <laughs> my resume. It's everything is just slapped on a different name to this. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like this person thinks that I can get this job. I should think that I can get this job. Of course, I reported her to the site. They took her down. I had to prove my identity, blah, blah, blah. And so I end up applying to this job and I end up getting it. You know, real me got it, not fake me. And so that was kind of how random, but that literally started an eight-year career in market research. I did this one like little freelance thing. The company ended up liking me, worked there, and then, you know, it just kind of went on from there. Um, I worked at different agencies where you work with a variety of different clients. Um, that's like the Trifecta Research or other places. And then I started working actually for the companies themselves where I would moderate focus groups, conduct interviews, um, things like that at Mattel, at Instagram. Um, and it's just, I, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned, Joe, like, you know, loving to learn and sort of a curiosity of being Sagittarius, like that market research when I was in that career field, like that's all that is. And I'm sure you guys share the same thing, getting to interview people on your podcast, you know, all the time. That's essentially, I found that so interesting of just getting to sit down with somebody and know 
what they think about toys or what they think about the app or what they think about. I mean, I did everything. I did rat traps. I did toilet seats. I mean, I literally any product you have ever encountered in your life, I've probably done a focus group on it. And it's interesting to learn about what people think because it's very different than what you think. And, um, and there's so much to learn from other people. Certainly a huge learning experience with, with the market research. Yeah. But you still are learning about people because you have switch your profession and you are a certified clinical hypnotist. So what, when did you decide you wanted to pursue that? And also what is the process like to get certified doing that? Yeah, quite a jump, right? So here I am as market researcher, which I quite literally landed in this career. I told you guys a story. I, it was not a purposeful um, career jump, right? Which for me, that just isn't how I really kind of saw my life going. I, like, really, I just kind of landed into this. I wasn't so happy with it. It was fun, but it just wasn't what I saw myself doing long term. And to be completely honest with you guys, how I got into clinical hypnotism was quite literally, I found myself kind of encountering a bit of depression and I found myself very depressed. Let me tell you this, my clients and myself included, usually hypnosis is not the first thing one tries, okay? It usually means you've tried a bunch of different things, those things hadn't worked and you're kind of at your wits end and you're thinking, okay, what can I do to feel better? Overcome this habit, overcome this mental state, whatever it might be. And so I had remembered back in high school, this hypnotist came and spoke to my psychology class and it was really impactful. And I thought, well, gosh, I mean, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into this. Um, now as a clinical hypnotist today, I can't vouch for everyone having the same results. I'm not a mental health professional, you know, you, all those things, mm -hmm. but for me personally, I, listen to a hypnosis audio recording for depression about um, every every day for a month. And it was the only thing that just got my mindset to just do a full 180. And it, it just was astounding. It just felt like this fog that had been kind of in my on my life, kind of this veil just was lifted. And I felt like myself again. And that was just the biggest gift that anything could ever give me. And of course, at the time, I'm still a market researcher, right? And I'm very analytical minded. And I'm thinking, okay, like, I know that this is not magic. This is not like something going, something is going on in the brain. I'm very interested in psychology based on what I had studied in school. Something's going on in the brain, but what they didn't teach us this. And I want to learn more about this. And so I literally decided to get certified not even fully intending on changing my career path, just wanting to, knowing that it wasn't magic and wanting to know how it actually worked in the brain because it had created such a difference in my life. Um, plus I had a friend that was like, <laughs> to be completely honest, I had a friend that was kind of like poo-poo about it. Like, eh, that, that doesn't work. And I'm like, okay, I just experienced it. So like, kind of like F you, like, I'm going to go study this. Like you don't get to decide. I don't know why, but I was kind of being honorary about it. And so I was like, I'm going to go and get certified. Getting certified is no joke. It's, you know, it's not like going back to school like you would if you were a therapist and getting a degree in it, but it's over 600 hours, probably even more of, you know, one-on-one -on -one work, um, you know, required reading, course material. It, you know, it, it took a while to get certified. And I was doing this as I was working, you know, in market research. And I discovered that if there was anything that I loved more than actually experiencing the state of hypnosis myself, 
it was getting to help other people with it. I mean, it's literally like market research, interviewing people one-on-one, only you're interviewing them, their subconscious mind while they're in a state of trance, like seeing people literally like shed years of trauma or shed habits or just coming back to a next session, just feeling and looking completely different. You could literally see it on their faces and in their energy. And I thought, wow, there's something really interesting here. And I started to build up my business part-time while I was still in market research until I launched it full-time and, and grew it enough to be full-time. And, and now that's what I do. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful for it. How often do you recommend somebody get hypnotized? Is it something where you work with them through a process? It's a multi-week thing, or is it kind of like, it could be a one and done, or does it just depend on everybody's mental state? It depends on everyone's mental state. I will say this. It's very similar. I always give the you know analogy to like a personal trainer, right? You don't work with a personal trainer and work out once and have a six-pack abs. You you gotta, you know, you gotta continue. Nor does the personal trainer give you the abs. You have to do the exercise, but they can help guide you. And so that's very similar. We're working that mental muscle, right? In hypnosis. And so Typically, you know, there's been studies, there was a study in American Health Magazine that looked at hypnosis compared to like traditional talk therapy. And it found in 600 sessions of traditional talk therapy, which is, you know, the conscious mind, a conscious mind, right? There was usually like a 38% improvement, which is pretty good. But in hypnotherapy, it takes around six sessions for a 93% improvement, which is pretty staggering. You know, again, me, analytical, former researcher mind wanting to look into that. And it's really because we're able to access directly the subconscious, which is where all your thoughts, your memories, your emotions, your beliefs all reside. And so, you know, when you, when you have that moment, that kind of like that aha moment where something like really sticks, it's like pure deliberate aha moments the entire time we're working together, right? It goes straight where those habits, those belief systems, all where that resides. And we're able to kind of like, you know, renovate for lack of a better term, you know, what's, what's stuck there. Maybe perhaps it was past trauma or, you know, something that you learned as a kid. Cause we're, we're pure subconscious mind from ages zero to seven. So a lot of what we soak in and take in as children oftentimes don't serve us later in life. Um, and so you're able to kind of go into the subconscious mind and, 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 and work there. So usually what I suggest to clients is about six sessions. Some take less, some take more. Um, but typically around six sessions, it's my goal as a hypnotherapist is not to be seeing you weekly for the rest of your life. Like it's very much as opposed to perhaps maybe you might experience in talk therapy, which is still incredibly bad. Let me just say that I go to therapy. I suggest therapy for everybody. I work with a lot of therapists that sometimes if they have resistant clients, so they'll send their clients to me to work on whatever they've worked on in their therapy sessions on the subconscious level. Um, but my goal is to kind of say, okay, here's what we're working on and let's develop a plan so that you, you'll see me X amount of sessions, but then I'll send you on your way and, and you'll be feeling better and, and, and different by the end of it. So have you hypnotized your husband and could you hypnotize yourself? Yes. And yes. So okay. my husband and oh my God, if you guys listen to live feeds, I'm sorry. I talked about him way too much, but I missed him dearly this summer. Um, yeah, he was a very willing participant. You know, it's funny. He actually had experience. We got in a real, um, a very close call car crash, um, a couple of years ago a enough so much. So we we're on eight lane highway, two cars were just zeroing in on us. The last thought I had was, I hope this doesn't hurt too bad. Like it was 
a close call, but something was watching out for us. I get goosebumps just talking about it. We didn't end up getting in that car crash, but it was, it was pretty traumatic to say the least in terms of the swerving and how close it came. My husband was driving. He's a great driver. But after that moment, he was experiencing a lot of anxiety while driving um, after, you know, that very traumatic moment. And so he would get panic attacks whenever he was driving on a highway that was similar to that. Well, that was right when I was getting my certification and whatnot. And I'd learned about how, you know, hypnosis can help with anxiety, can help with panic attacks, things like that. And I said, you know, if you want me to try, you, you have to, you have to trust, you have to have a strong rapport with your hypnotherapist for the subconscious mind to relax enough to listen and for it to work. And, you know, he trusts me. So, um, we worked on that and, you know, now after, you know, several sessions, he's, he's back to driving on highways and, you know, of course you have to continue. You have to keep it up. It's that mental muscle, right? You let the muscle relax too much, you, you know, just like you would working out, you need to continue, keep up with it, um, occasionally, but luckily he's been able to find some relief. Same with self-hypnosis. I did that constantly in the house. It was the one self-care tool that that you know big brother production couldn't take away from me you know i didn't have my walks in the park i didn't have my music that i always wanted to listen to but at least i had these you know scripts essentially memorized in my mind to be able to do some self-hypnosis while i was in the house um and visualization and you know i credit a lot of um how far i got in the game just to be able to take that moment and and you know i told everyone i was meditating which it, it's a very similar state um in terms of a brainwave state meditation is like an alpha brainwave state and, and uh hypnosis is the theta brainwave state which is kind of a step deeper or lower um so very similar in how it feels um but yeah we tried to do that at least once or twice a day and i'll tell you it's difficult though you have to be um relaxed to achieve a state of hypnosis and there is nothing relaxing about the big brother house at all so it, it even challenged me i will say and i've been doing this for a while Excellent way to lead me into my question. Uh, speaking about meditation, uh, number one, I, I realize breath work is the most important. Nose breaths, deep breaths, right? Um, so my question for you is, uh, have you ever tried to astral project? You know, there are, I have not, but I led, and it's funny, it's actually on my um, my Instagram profile. It's one of my free group hypnosis sessions that I that I conducted on an Instagram live a couple weeks ago uh, for stress relief. And I incorporated elements of astral projection into it. And oh, talk about a deep, 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 deep experience. I will say this, Joe, I had it happen to me almost accidentally once in a very deep meditation. I don't know if you're familiar with like Dr. Joe Dispenza's um, work. Heard of him. Um, heard of, heard him. of him. Oh my gosh. Um, he has a book called Break the Habit of Being Yourself. And he talks, he calls it meditation, but I'm telling you how deep these meditations are. You go in a hypnotic trance state when you do these. And I did one of his meditations and oh, I like, I was like above myself in my Ooh. room, like witnessing, like it was truly an out of body experience. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's cool. It's just, you come out of something like that and you're like, whoa, there's so much we don't know about our minds, our brains, energy, the universe. It's just, it, it's, it, it quite literally boggles your mind in like the best way possible. There's a certain point that you reach right at the end. So for people who are trying to do it, uh, <laughs> your heart rate starts accelerating at a level that is very uncommon, right? 
And it's one of those things where it's like, you believe in the metaphysical, right? You believe that the spiritual is, think of your, like, it can almost connect it like a string, right? So it's like, as the string is getting thinner and thinner and thinner, your heart starts racing and racing and racing because your physical body's not used to that, right? So I've gotten to the point before where my heart rate has started to accelerate, like to absurd levels. And it feels like you're going through a panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. That from my experience, and I will say it only happened to me once, although I haven't pursued it. I should, cause it's, it's so interesting to me, but when it happened sort of semi-accidentally for me, it felt like I was out of my body and I was like one with the room that I was in, but also like everything like not like I know that's ridiculous to say but it felt like I was as big as the room I was in as big as the state I'm in as big as the country I'm in and the world I'm in all at the same time I know that sounds absolutely crazy to describe but it, it's 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 a feeling like on a, no other yes it sounds <laughs> incredible so it's pretty cool <laughs> it's pretty nuts you guys are hyping it up really well here so you mentioned, you know, you did this in the big brother house kind of to kind of remain sane, uh, yeah. which, which makes a lot of sense. But for you, just even before, you know, getting there, everything, what was your audition process? Like we had your castmate Pooch on, he was telling us how crazy it was for him, but what was your process like to audition or try out? What was your husband's thoughts about you telling him, Hey, I want to go pursue it beyond the show. And then when it actually happened, like what he was thinking and did your theater background help at all in the audition process? You know, that's really funny. Um, so I'll share as much as I can share. Um, I, I'm super fan as well. I've been watching since season one, 10 years wow. old, you know, uh, just a deep, deep love and appreciation for the game that is big brother. And I had applied maybe six or seven times before getting cast this season. So I always tell people, keep going, <laughs> keep going. No, you got to um, apply. I know what you're waiting you got to apply. You got to go out there. And here I am, you know, I'm in my young thirties now I'm married. I'm thinking, you know, you guys should have cast me when I was in my twenties, young, cute, like single, like, you know, now I get cast. Like what? is this you know right and but I will say I think for me this year um because I don't know if you're familiar with the show one of my big reasons why I wanted to go on the show was that me and my husband are um trying to start a family and I have something called PCOS which um one of the symptoms can be infertility and so we really thought I would be pregnant and we would be starting our family early this year like that was the plan right life happens when you make plans and all of a sudden March comes around. I'm not pregnant. I still haven't been on Big Brother. And I told myself that like, okay, if I have a baby, I'm probably not going to go to Big Brother. This leaving a newborn, and, you know, for three months is not in my, in my wheelhouse. And so here I wasn't. And I thought, well, gosh, maybe, maybe I can still make this other dream come true. This, you know, starting a family isn't happening right now, but I'll just apply for Big Brother. And all the other years I had, you know, put together these like edit. I loved a video edit. And so I'd put together these like cool videos to submit. You only have three minutes to submit, you know, you to the Big Brother production team. And this time I said, you know what? Screw that. I'm not spending all that time on that. I'm literally just going to sit where I am sitting right here right now. Talk to this camera like I am here for three minutes straight and just talk like I'm talking to my best friend. You know, just, hey, I'm Brittany. I'm a clinical hypnotist, blah, 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 you know? And I did just that. And, you know, long story short, went through the entire process, which is a long process. It's a multi-month multi process. 
um, and made it to the show. Um, but I didn't know if I was, <laughs> for me, the moment I knew I was on Big Brother was the moment I walked into the house and I knew they had footage of me <laughs> in that house and they couldn't take me out now, you know, like you really don't know. And especially with COVID and alternates and this and that, you really don't know if you're a house guest until you're in the house um, and you're talking to Julie and you're about to walk in. So it was definitely a, a scary experience because you get so close and you're just like, at a certain point in time, I was just like, I'm going to just have to let myself um, be heartbroken if this doesn't end up working out. Like you just, you you can't keep yourself from getting excited about it throughout that long process. Um, and luckily it worked out. Luckily I was officially a cast member and, and got on. So what was your reaction? Now, again, Nick mentioned that we had Pooch on with us, right? So there is that very small window between when you learn you're going to be on the show and then when you're actually on the show. They don't give you yeah. a lot of time to prepare. Every, you uh, you got to rush out. You got to do some shopping, maybe some last minute things to pack the bags. So what was like that small window of time like when you found out that you're going to be cast on the show? I mean, I think that's the part where you have to take that leap of faith because they're saying like, oh, you got to pack, you got to prep, you got to this, you got to that. But it's not guaranteed that you're on and you could still be an alternate, you know, you're not guaranteed. And so I think that was the time period where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm literally putting plans in place. Again, like you asked Nick, like, you know, my husband and us having this conversation, like, oh, this looks like that's going to happen. Like, here are all my passwords so you can check my email. Like, you're literally handing over your life to someone else. Luckily, it's somebody I trust. But you also don't know if like 12 days from now, you're just going to come home because you weren't picked. Right. And so right. that was kind of the leap of faith part that you're like, ah, this is looking very serious. I don't think they would send a film crew out to my house unless I was very much down to the wire. <laughs> but you still do not know you are the one. And I think Joseph is a great example. He was an alternate and he literally was replaced the day before or even, you know, I think it was the day before, or maybe day of um the premiere night so you do not know if you're going to be house guests until you are in that house and so you have to take that leap of faith um beforehand so going in uh was part of your strategy uh considering hypnotizing the rest of the competition do you think <laughs> that if you uh if you really really tried to do you think you would have been able to hypnotize some of the house guests you know i here's here's my strategy with that was during casting saying that, right? To get on the show. <laughs> Is that how hypnosis works? No, you cannot hypnotize anybody against their will. So what my strategy ended up being, and I did use hypnosis in the house, was especially given everything that happened kind of week one and just how mentally taxing this house can be. Um, we realized very quickly that, you know, we had personal trainers like Monty and Joseph in the house, but you also need to, it's a stressful situation and there's a lot of sleep deprivation. There's a lot of high stress situations um, that being able to work, you know, to take care of your mind was really important too. And so I kind of threw that out there. I forget what, you know, I didn't tell the house guests that I was a hypnotist because I just thought that'd be, it put a huge target on my back. Not that it really helped that much. I still was, had a huge target on my back from day one with the backstage, um, you know, twist. so 
Yeah, right. With Pooch. Yeah, you guys talk to him. He picked me um, to be backstage. So, but I didn't want to tell everybody. I told them I was a market researcher because I knew I could talk about that, you know, and whatnot. Um, but I think I told everybody, I was like, oh, I, I lead these group meditation sessions on the weekends. I don't know. I made up something and I would host group meditation or hypnosis, group hypnosis sessions for the house guests. Now, if you looked at the content of those, it was probably the worst thing for my game. They were, I was pumping up, we called them well, Wellness Wednesday sessions. I was pumping up everybody, having them tune into their why, feeling mentally clear the Wednesday before a Thursday HOH. Like this, it was- You were helping you know, them, Brittany. It was a, you shouldn't have been. I know, right? Wow. I was helping them. But, you know, in my mind, I really wanted to- I wanted everyone to feel psychologically safe with me. And I also knew that you had to trust and develop a strong sense of rapport uh, with your hypnotherapist for it to work. So it was kind of interesting to see in those group sessions who was going deep, who wasn't, um, who was falling asleep, you know, to be able to kind of almost get the psychological barometer of the rest of the house guests to how, how much they trust me, how much they could open up to me and what that was like. And so to see who went deep and to see who wouldn't allow, um, like Amira, just for example, Ooh, she would not, she was not having it. And I thought, Oh, that makes so much sense because I had broken that trust with her, you know, early on in the game. Um, it would make sense that she wouldn't be able to go deep in those sessions. Um, versus, you know, I think people like Monty and I think even Daniel at the beginning had some pretty deep experiences. Um, it was, it was just interesting to, to see all the while knowing that regardless of how deep the house guests went or not, that they were benefiting out of this. And I wasn't using it in any sort of malicious way. One, I would never want to do that too. You can't, even if you, if you did. All right. So some specific questions to the house now. Was there a clock? If not, how'd you know when you were going to sleep, when you were waking up? How did you know? When, what, did it just come over the speakers like, get ready, it's time to compete? And how did that work out? And also for you, and I guess we ask this to everybody we've had off from Big Brother, we've had a bunch of people on. How challenging was it for you to shower and go to the bathroom in the Big Brother house? <laughs> <laughs> to answer your clock question, yes, there is one clock. There is no calendar though. So you have to keep track of the day. At a certain point in time, after all my family's birthdays passed in July, I was like, who cares about what day it is? My phone will tell me when they give it back to me at the end, you know, at finale night, I'll, I'll know what day, you know, calendar day of the year it is. I was just keeping track of what day in the house it was. That was way more important. Um, I will say this about the clock though. One time I think... <laughs> I think, I can't remember who it was. It might've been Indy or somebody was putting a timer while they were cooking and it reset the clock. Uh -oh. And I think Michael ended up noticing it and we're like, oh, what was the last time we remembered? Because they don't tell us like, you reset the clock. We don't know. And a lot of times we don't even get to go outside for multiple days in a row. We wouldn't even have the sun to be able to tell us what time of day it is. Like, and so that was a scary moment when the clock accidentally got reset. So I don't know how accurate our clock was, but we did have one. Um, how hard it was to shower and, or go to the bathroom in the house. I mean, I had braced myself for this. There's 16 people in this house. I'm, I'm a neat freak. You look at my house. It's very minimal, all black and white and very just the opposite of the big brother house in every single way possible. Um, but I had just kind of mentally prepared myself that this is going to be a gross experience. There's going to be 16 people that are going to be messy and just like, let it go. You know, just, I knew it would only be hurting myself to have those things bother me. Um, and that was definitely the attitude I would recommend for anybody going into the big brother house is just to just go with the flow, know that it's going to be gross and it's okay. Um, but I didn't find it too difficult. Um, 
you know, I think I just mentally prepared myself for, okay, this isn't going to be like when you're at home. Um, and it makes coming back home so much sweeter. <laughs> Everything's so clean. Don't have to wait for the restroom. It's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Could, could, could agree with you there. And <laughs> on the flip side, you aren't there too long, but how much was it, was it better in the jury house as far as the living accommodations? Well, you know, being, um, so I was final four and you actually don't go to the jury house oh, wow. when you are final four. Yeah. Because I the jury round table is literally the next day. So I got evicted that Thursday. We did the jury round table that Friday and then Sunday was the finale. Um, and so by that time, that Saturday is when the whole jury house actually leaves. Um, oh. and so, yeah, I actually never got to go to the jury house, which I was, disappointed about like uh, either you know I wanted to at least get the full big brother experience if I wasn't going to win the thing um but yeah didn't actually get to do that so so you went to like a hotel room yeah yeah oh, wow so you're yep. just sitting there no time no tv just no just thinking about what happened horrible oh my god those couple days yeah especially after they're just the jury round table and i think those couple days were pretty <laughs> mentally rough before the finale that's for sure yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> so a question that i and joe knows where i'm going with this i asked this to everybody who comes on that was on big brother I don't, I don't know if you were guilty of this but i have to ask why on eviction night when you're going in to vote, does everybody feel the urge to waste their valuable on-camera time saying <laughs> to Julie how good she looks when you guys don't even see her in the in the room? There's no camera. There. <laughs> I will say I was not guilty of that. I did it. I just did a traditional hi, Julie. Right. You know that was that I, was. I my... said you weren't guilty. So yeah. So I will. I can't answer that one exactly. I will say there was a lot of discussion in commercial breaks among some, and I won't call out names, but among some of, of what funny little quip they're going to say to Julie, or how can they make Julie laugh, or how can they talk to Julie? I don't know. Me, I'm, I'm kind of all business. I was like, I'm getting there. I'm going to vote. I know I'm here. I was more concerned about my shout outs to my friends and family after I vote, um, you know, and spending time there. But uh, yeah, we see Julie on the monitor before we go in. Right. So, And that would be a game that we would always play, which I think is kind of funny that we had that one HOH that I end up losing losing on a tiebreaker um, but that was that fashion fest right where julie was doing a little tiktok sort of uh type thing because we always tried to guess what she was wearing um what color she was wearing it was like a game we would play as we were waiting to to go um in and uh in and in and vote um so maybe that's a reason why but who knows <laughs> what do you think was the most uh difficult or the worst competition and were in any of them did you enjoy doing your favorite? Oh, so my least favorite would be the wall. Oh my gosh, guys, thank God. I know I lasted like 10 minutes or something there. I, it could have been like two seconds, literally. The first time it goes down, that angle is just so much harder than it looks like on TV. And watching this all, all the seasons is just so hard. I literally thought I was just gonna fall, out, fall off immediately. So that was definitely the most difficult um, comp. Um, the most fun though, and I know I lost by nine seconds, but the most fun was that horror fest, the, um, pitch black, uh, room comp. Oh, that, just when are you ever in a situation like that? And it was kind of, I don't like haunted houses or things like that, but it just was like exhilarating in this just kind of really fun way. I think I definitely would have gone faster if I wouldn't have, 
I just thought somebody was going to come and grab me at any moment. And I didn't think through like COVID, like they wouldn't actually allow anybody like in physically in the space. Um, plus I had a big board in my hand. I could have whacked them if, <laughs> if, 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 if anyone got too close. Um, so I think I definitely was a little like trepidatious in, in terms of like moving around the space because I just thought something else was going to happen. And maybe that cost me the nine seconds. But um, that one was definitely the most fun. That one was was crazy to watch because it was you could barely <laughs> see anything. Just like oh you yeah, could and you see. couldn't see anything while you're doing it. So that was a fun. I've seen all the episodes now because I just wanted to know. Yeah. But that was a fun one to watch back to to be like, oh, I was sitting on a toilet. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Didn't know that. You know, it's funny right. to watch back. <laughs> so the show ends. You eventually get your phone back. How many notifications did you have as far as text or calls? And also, how much of a difference in your Instagram and Twitter followers was it from going in to going out and since the show ended and you got home you got back to reality are there any other reality stars or celebrities from other shows or other spheres that reached out to you yeah you know I mean you guys know this I'm not the most popular kind of a gal I'm not I, I didn't have as many notifications as I think most people do I have like 40 or something you know it's okay but um yeah in terms of uh Instagram following which was the main platform I was on given that I work there uh, I mean I only had like a thousand two hundred or something I wasn't an influencer before all this right and now I have like 30k so that was pretty that was kind of yeah that was interesting to come back and then all of a sudden you're looking and you're verified and you're like this is so weird Especially all that market work- research well, that's what's so crazy. When I worked at Instagram, I literally worked on the creator team, the influencer creator team. And that I would literally every day, all day, talk to creators and influencers. That was my sphere at Instagram. And so it's so funny. I talk with my team now. I text them and I'm like, who would have thought I'm now a creator? Like, I'm like asking them questions. I'm like, how do I do this? They're like, should you know? I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. It's it's a it's a very, it's a 180, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's just been cool. I love connecting with people online. That was one of the biggest things that I wanted out of this experience was to make friends in the house, to meet people outside that resonate with me. And it's so funny to like meet live feeders that were like, I know we'd be friends, like, cause they get to know you so well and you don't get to know them, but it's just fun to talk with people who know so much about you. And, and they're usually right. You're like, Oh, you're a really cool person. So I, I love meeting new people. Could be more reality TV be in your future. Uh, and would you want to do programming related to stuff that we were talking about at the top? Yeah, you know, um, it's interesting. I Big Brother has always been the one that is obviously the one that I've been such a, a super fan. I would love to get the chance to play again someday. I'd have to talk it over with my husband, though, because it's it's very hard on friends and family, more so than you would ever expect, more so than we expected um, to be gone that long, especially on a show that has a live feed where, you know, just <laughs> everybody is watching it all the time and has opinions 24-7. Um, so I think I think it would depend. Definitely Big Brother. Um, something like um, uh, The Circle would be kind of fun, which is Big Brother-esque. Um, I think if there was anything else, like Amazing Race or anything like that, it, depending on who out of the big, big Brother sphere they would want to pair me with, I could see that being an interesting thing. But I don't know. Never say never. Uh, definitely we need to have some time, though, because you kind of have to forget how how stressful it is to say yes again to something like this. Well, we, could, we could see you and Michael on Amazing Race. We could see 
see you on CBS The Challenge. I don't know if that's going to be your type <laughs> the of challenge. Of I, I, you know, I, I gashed my knee open playing Otev. I don't know if the challenge, I don't think I'd make it through the challenge. So, uh, <laughs> but Amazing Race with Michael, I think we would, we would pretty much kill that. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Maybe some <laughs> sort of hypnosis show. America's got you know, hypnosis. <laughs> That, you know, America's got hypnosis. I take that. You know, that has been a really cool thing that has come out of this is just the amount of people who are like, skeptical about it. But I, I listened in on one of your live feed group hypnosis sessions and wow, I felt so much better or stuff like that. Just getting to bring hypnosis to a larger audience, because I've always said it's the next yoga, it's the next meditation. Like it, we're on the cusp of learning so much about how our brains work and realizing how useful this can be that getting to bring it to a larger audience was a very cool, you know, side effect of getting to be on the show. Yeah. My suggestion was to, I mean, shows like this have existed before, you know, nothing is an entirely new idea, but being a part of a team of hypnotists that hypnotize like famous people and celebrities, right? Oh, celebrities no. and who go in, who say like, oh, you won't be able to do that. Or, oh, I don't believe in this. And then they come right. out saying like, okay, I believe in this now. You know, I think I find that that sounds amazing. And that is my dream to be a celebrity hypnotist. That is, that is what I'm working towards. <laughs> there you um, go. But <laughs> so that's, that's what's next for Brittany, huh? That's what's next. So if you're celebrity and you're listening to this, <laughs> got your girl. No, I, I mean, I think what's funny is I think when I find people who are skeptical about things, it's usually when I begin to describe like the science behind it and just kind of de-woo-woo it um, a little bit that, you know, that people who are who were skeptical before are more interested. Um, but I will say this, you cannot be hypnotized against your will. So if you don't think that it's going to work for you and you're not interested, you won't be like, I, I'm not going to, there's nothing I can do to you, you know, nor would I ever want to. So I, I would have to work. I'd have to work on how that would, how that would work there, uh, Joe, you know, in terms of, uh, of hypnotizing people, I would have to convince them, you know, conscious mind to conscious mind first, um, uh, before we give it a go. <laughs> Who is the one celebrity that you would want to hypnotize? Oh my gosh. That's so, see, you know, you were asking the question before Nick about like, Oh, who have I met? Like outside, outside in the reality sphere. I've gotten to meet a lot of really cool people. I mean, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, those aren't celebrities to me. Big brother people are celebrities to me. Like they are my <laughs> celebrities. So I've been totally fangirling getting to meet like even uh, Elena Davies. You had her on the show. Yeah. We've been texting back and forth. Like it's just been fun. I mean, Rachel Swindler, Caitlin Herman. She does a lot of meditation stuff. I mean, so many any big brother people, uh, some uh, BB Canada winners. There's just been a lot of cool people that I've been able to talk to after this experience. And so if any uh, former BB vets want to um, want to be hypnotized, free session, if, if you hear this, just reach out to me. So <laughs> they're my celebs for sure. There you go. So what would yeah. you say in your life or your career is your, you know, I'm right moment. So what I mean by that, it's a time or place where you wanted to pursue something. You asked somebody for advice. They said, Brittany, don't do that. That's not going to work out. And you said, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And ultimately you will see why it is that I'm right. Oh, I mean, just hearing that question gives me goosebumps because that was me getting into hypnotism. Like, I mean, I come from this family and it's funny because it was kind of like my story, right? Of being on Big Brother. I'm the black sheep of my family. Like my dad worked at AT&T. My sister worked at AT&T. My brother worked at Google and I worked at Instagram. It was like, we're this corporate family, right? And then I'm the one that's like, oh, sorry, don't want to do that. Gonna go become a hypnotist. Like, it, it was just, my family's very supportive. They're very loving. I love them dearly. But the reaction was like, 
what, huh? Like, what are you doing? You're, you know, you're giving away this stable, lucrative career to go become a hypnotist. Um, but I think getting on Big Brother and I think even them being able to like watch the live feeds, get to know how passionate I am about it, get to know more about it. Um, my parents followed along in some of my live feed and group hypnosis sessions. They are so, so coming out of the house. It's been so astounding to see their support and to hear their support and their understanding of it um, now. And I actually was talking to my husband about that. I was like, wow, everybody in my family's like super gun ho about my business now and like what I do and understanding. And that was another added benefit of coming out of the house. I think they got to know me a lot more and my passion for this. Um, and I think it took me saying, you know, like, this is what I want to do. This is my passion. I'm not going to care about how it looks or how it sounds or how, how it is going against the grain of how I was raised or, or what our family does. And so I think that's, I'm glad I pursued it and am doing it because, you know, people come around, they can change their minds. And even if they don't change their minds, you should pursue your passion, what you love to do, because it lights you up regardless of what others think. Absolutely. Nick and I could not agree more. Brittany, we thank you for your time and doing this with us. We appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. Got to talk a lot about uh, topics that Nick and I don't usually talk about. Uh, and I know Nick's wife is is somewhat interested in this, so she'll, oh, really? uh, she'll be able to enjoy this episode. Uh, and oh, what we great. do here is we always give our guests the last words. So uh, you shared and promoted a lot already, but if there's anything else you would like to share or, or promote, uh, by all means, go ahead. Once again, thank you for your time, and we'll certainly stay in touch. And uh, hopefully we'll put that idea to the ground. You know, maybe we'll get Dr. Will. Maybe we'll get Dan. Maybe we'll get Janelle, right? <laughs> maybe we'll get some of the, the greatest Big Brother players of all time and maybe uh, put a, a funding together for a show where you could hypnotize. And maybe you can hypnotize Julie Chen. Maybe you could turn the Chen. Maybe you could turn the, the, the Chen Joe, we could do the pilot episode on an episode of You Know I'm Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I love to, this plan. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys plan. are great. This has been the most fun I've had in an interview. This has just been a lot of fun getting to speak with you guys and I appreciate it. Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of where you could find me, I would say I'm mostly on Instagram. My handle is Brit B R I T T dot hoops, H O O P E S. And um, yeah, there's links there. If you're interested in one-on-one -on -one hypnotherapy, I do all my sessions on zoom, just like this. So I work with clients literally around the world, um, but primarily in the U S and Canada. And, uh, yeah, I, I do one-on-one -on -one hypnotherapy. I have a new subscription on Instagram where we can do group sessions weekly. Um, and that's like a, you know, a cheaper alternative to get to experience it. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. So yeah, I just love, I love what I do and I'm I, I'm excited just to meet new people and, and have other people experience the benefit like I did, um, because it really was life-changing for me. All right, there you have it. Everybody go check out Brittany's link tree and book your session now because you will not <laughs> regret it. Brittany, we thank you so much for your time. It has been a pleasure. We really enjoy speaking with you. So that's going to do it here for this episode of You Know I'm Right for our very special guest, Brittany Hoops, for my co-host Joe Calabrese. I'm Nick Durst, and this has been You Know I'm Right. Mm -hmm.